Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. What up out there, podcast land? Come on, somebody praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> well, I was like, neither one of y'all are going to do it. I, I just wasn't expecting it. I wasn't ready for it. Well, now I'm ready. Woo! There we go. <laughs> I mean, you guys fuss when, I, when I'm sort of calm. Yes, we didn't like that. Uh, I'm trying to be very... Yeah, you got sort I got of one, one, on, one, one ear out, one ear in. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. I, okay. So what's good? It's good. It's good? Yeah. I smell like gas. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Mosaic of <laughs> Been trimming bushes. Hmm. My bush trimmer is very smoky. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, you don't think I do? No, I didn't notice it, and I would notice it, so maybe you don't really. I I can't smell anything. <laughs> well, Dan, you're out. You, yeah, you're all yeah. stopped up. I I think I do. Whew. Okay. Anyway, so we're in Acts chapter 9. <laughs> I realized what that sounded like. I said after no, I, said I just, it. I, I just, I, I didn't know where this intro was going, and this, that but was it a, wasn't here. It wasn't I you, you don't know where you thought it, but yeah. that wasn't oh, it. No. I love it when you say that. I, I never, didn't know where it was going, but that wasn't <laughs> it. I never guessed it. All right. So hey, so man, I, you know, all right. So this, uh, sometimes when we do this ahead, I get confused. Easter is coming. Easter's coming. It is. So when this will drop next Tuesday, yes. and then Sunday is Easter. That's right. Man, what a what a great great day! And um, hey, check out our Facebook page, our website, um, our Instagram account right. for the church, Marian Baptist Church. Yeah, not not Mosaic of Marian, but right. Marian Baptist Church. I've got a little message on there, um, and then starting next week. So when this drops, we'll already have one drop. We're going to have several people to be talking about what Easter means to them. Yeah. Or what do they think about when they hear the word Easter or some, something like that. So anyway, so instead of us doing an Eastery one, <laughs> we're just going to keep going where we're keep going rolling. in the book of Acts. We're rolling. Um, so ter- in your Bibles, we were going to do um, the conversion of Saul, but Mona. <laughs> I just asked a question. No, no. <laughs> I know better. It was a question with a purpose. Mm. A pointed question. Uh, yeah. Mm. It was. It was just a question. We're going to do this again. You just preached on it. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there was a little extra in that question. There was, and and I, that, I know I can be at times a little embellishing, <laughs> a little hyperbolic. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> so we're really going to deal with something that... Is needed. Would you agree? Agree. Um, not only in our churches, but across denominational lines, especially in the days that we live, with the things that we're facing in society, and um, it's unity. Mm-hmm. And I believe that at the very um, sort of toward the end, uh, it, it is more toward anything. There, there's a verse. I, and you know, I'm not big on doing stuff with one verse, but this time we are. 
And so Acts chapter 9, verse 31, Miss Mona is going to read. I, did you notice who said that? <laughs> oh, you're right. She is sassy today. She is very sassy today. <laughs> and then Dan shall pray. I will gladly. All right. Acts 9, verse 31. <clears throat> so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. You only had one verse, and this is where we're at. I guess I made her laugh. Because he's getting the candy out of the bag. (laughs) All right, let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the time we can spend together, and not just spend together, but spend together in your word, Heavenly Father. And we we thank you for the peace that you provide, and we thank you and, and pray for unity to sweep across uh, your family, Heavenly Father, the body of Christ, and we just we just pray that your spirit be felt in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well. Amen. We're, we're going to look at, uh, I have four things, and I, if we get through all of them, that's great. If we don't, it's no biggie either. The key to this, I believe, this one verse, is there was peace and the church is being built up. Mm-hmm. They, they, there's a connector right there, the word and. Mm-hmm. They had peace and was being built up. Yes. And then it sort of then it sort of gives us a little bit of a clarifier of what they were doing. And then there's a second and walking in the fear of the Lord, and there's a third one, in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. So unity is so vitally important. And and I believe that's what you know, I've told you the book of Acts is about really about the kingdom, the growth of the kingdom of God. We some people look at it as a church, but it's really about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at its best when it's unified. Absolutely. Because God doesn't want a disorganized, disunified, at odds church. Because no matter what we say as humans, there are not denominations in heaven. Let me make that statement. There are not. There's only the church. Mm -hmm. There are only Christians. There are only children of God. You know, there's not going to be... The Baptist church over here on the left side of the, of the throne and the, the Methodists are on the right and the Church of Christ is back there and the Presbyterians are there and the Lutherans are there. Man, we're just going to all be around the throne. Right. And, and no one denomination has a corner on the truth of the gospel. We all have problems because we're humans. Mm-hmm. But it's when we are unified and when we work together. And I believe four things are seen in this. Um, Do you have something you want to go to quick? Yeah, actually. So when you're talking about that unity, um, it makes me, it brought, took me back to um, John chapter 17. And in, um, in. The great high priestly prayer. Yes. And so in, yeah, in verse 23, it says, I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. And so our unity is how the world knows that Jesus came and Jesus loved them and died for them. And if we're not unified, then that message of the gospel is, is not being given and it's not clear and it's distorted. And so that, to me, that verse shows the importance of being uni- unified. Mm-hmm. And and what that says is, even in that, like, number one, here's what I'm talking about. 
unity is maintained by the word of God. Mm-hmm. It is when the scripture at the heart of what we right. believe. Yes. Listen, you I mean, you can get off on, on tangents and, and so often we wanna we wanna get all kind of irritated and upset with another denomination, another group. Right. All because our personal preferences are different. Right. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. Personal preferences. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's secondary issues. Right. You know, whether you're pre-trib, post-trib, mm-hmm. mid-trib, that's secondary. Right. You'll find out that we're pre-trib when we all get raptured. So anyway, I'm right <laughs> on that. But anyway, <laughs> but I'm not going to break fellowship if you're, right. I know some guys that are post-trib. I, right. I don't understand it, but I know some guys that are. Right. But I'm going to get along with you as long as we get the word of God right. Mm-hmm. We don't compromise this. I don't care what society says. Right. This book doesn't evolve. That's right. If it was wrong some 2,000, some 4,000, some 5,000 years ago, it's wrong today. Mm-hmm. And it'll be wrong some if the Lord tarries 1,000 or 2,000 right. or 3,000 okay. years. Sin is sin. Now, you can dress it up. You can call it a disease. and You can call it this. Sin is sin. Right. Because the great judge said it. Mm-hmm. And if we look back in the book of Acts to chapter 2, We'll see. That's what it is. And they devoted, we, we spent, uh, yeah. I think, two of them on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There's not a mistake that that said first. Yes. Because you got to have a foundation. Right, right. I mean, without a foundation, you just are, are on sinking sand. Right. So when you have that foundation of the Word of God, and, and you believe it, I was literally asked last night, it's by someone as I was sharing the gospel with them. Well, how do you know the Bible is true? And they kept going, you know, the man has sort of um, many times sort of um, rewrote it. I'm like, no, he hasn't. Right. I'm like, we we have copies of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm-hmm. We have so many copies of the New Testament that was written within 50 years of Jesus' death right. and resurrection. And then like, well, we can't read the writing of, of those past ones back in the Old Testament. I'm like, yes, we can. We know what they were saying. And what we have is 99.9% accurate. And that 0.1% is on trivial like these, ands, uh, or whatever. We have the Word of God. Right. Thoughts? (laughs) Well, in in, um, along those lines that, and I don't have um, specifics off the top of my head, but if you compared it to writings of like Socrates and those philosophers that we have even f- fewer of their writings than we have of the Bible. Yeah. And yet people know, well, not even declare close. it right, declare it to be true. So yeah. So we, those copies. Yeah. I mean like, and I think the, I think there's like 10 copies of, of, um, I forget what the name of the book is, uh, by U- Ulysses or something, yeah. you know, something yeah. like that, with like 10. Yeah. Uh, Iliad and Odyssey, I yeah. think. Man, we have like a thousand uh-huh. of the Bible from right. that time, and yet you're going to take the one is what he actually wrote, but no, this one is, is totally different. Right. The Word of God has got to be at the core of who you are. Well, and it, it goes back, it kind of ties it all together with what, what Mona was talking about when we first started this. The, um, you know, the world doesn't need more of the world, and so if— if we're if God's body of the church is reflecting the disunity, which is exactly what our world is, oh is disunity God. left and right. Yeah. 
then no wonder we're not being effective with those that, that don't know yet because they look at us and they say, well, you guys don't have anything different than what I have. Why would, why would I come over here? But it's because we have to be in the Word first. We have to have the Holy Spirit moving constantly and be obedient to it. Yeah. And then we can have something different. We can't muster up unity within ourselves. No. It has to come from God. And if we don't do that, then the world's going to pass us by and say, well, you guys are, are busy fighting amongst yourselves. I don't need more Why of that. Why do I want that? Yeah. Why do I want to fight right. when I'm supposed to be at, at peace? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, and Peter wrote that we don't follow these these tales of, of let me go to it, Second Peter chapter 1. Um, we don't follow these sundry tales Um for no, uh, well, for we did not follow cleverly devised myths. We made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses to his majesty. And then he comes out. We have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention mm-hmm. right. as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns, the morning star rises in your heart. Knowing this, first of all, no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Spirit. And so if the Spirit is at the center, if the Spirit is the giving us the Word of God right. that we have, then we all must follow it as believers. Right. And that gives us commonality. And like I said, I go back to, I don't care if you're a little more excited in your worship. I don't care if you're more rigid. I don't care if you're... Uh, if you love to to quote creeds, I don't care if you, where the spirit is. There's liberty. If you're more into that, I don't care. Right. What I do care about is when that dude, that man, stands up. Right. Because there's just something about a single man standing up between heaven and earth, mm. lifting up a raised Bible and saying, "Thus saith the Lord." Yeah. Right. That's where the power is. Well, it's not in the dude. Right. It's in the words in from the, the word, scripture. Right. And that's the the thing I want to clarify, too, that, you know, uh, we, we've kind of hit on this a couple times the last couple of weeks, but the, look, God's word through conviction, will there will be division because there will be those who say, no, it's not worth yeah. it, I'm turning away. But everything, and I love it, you, you look at everything we're called to be, we're not called to be divisive or or um, offensive. God's word can do that because it's through conviction. But we need to make sure that we're not taking on that because yeah, that's we not don't need our to take role. that ownership. Right. That's not our right. job. Right. Well, what you saw about that people will walk away. They've been doing that for centuries. When right. Jesus was here, some mm-hmm. walked away. When he got mm-hmm. talking some deep stuff, mm-hmm. and he looked at the disciples and goes, "You guys gonna leave too?" Right. right. And what did they say? Peter said, "Well, you have the words of life. We're not going Where nowhere. We're gonna go. Right. Yeah. Right. I love you. Have the words of life. Yeah." yeah. Friends, that's what, listen, the Bible offends. Mm-hmm. And, and I was talking with the gentleman this morning. He said, you know, Hank, I tell people, you know, our pastor doesn't sugarcoat stuff. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you, look, if you get mad, don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. It's his word. He says it. He said, and, I, and that's not like you're not taking responsibility, but you're saying, I'm just a messenger boy. Right. You're going to be one one day when you get your right. church, when God gave Just a messenger boy. Yeah. I have no right Right. To change it. I'm an ambassador, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I think verse 18. Mm-hmm. We are ambassadors. And by the way, we're all actually in a priesthood of believers. Right. So we're all oh, right. priests and ministers and ambassadors. Right. So we all ought to have that word. Yes. So there you go. Unity. 
It's maintained by the Word of God. Secondly, it musters the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I like that word, musters. <laughs> it's because you like mustard. That's true, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it does. It musters the, the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and he says that at the very end. And they were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit was doing something in their life. And so what is the work of the Holy Spirit? Now, we've been talking about that. I wasn't in there last night. But I know Bruce has been talking about the Holy Spirit. And I, and I told him, I do think at times we think that the Holy Spirit is one B. Is, as far as the Trinity goes. Mm. Right. There's God the Father and God the Son. They are one A. Oh. And then the Holy Spirit is one B. Right. Uh, he's God too. Right. Now, he has a role. Yeah. Like that. But he's still God. Right. I mean, you can deal with that all you want to. He's still God. Mm-hmm. So what what, what, do you, what do you think when you hear that he musters the work of the Holy Spirit? Well, because nothing can happen without the Holy Spirit's work. We cannot become believers without the Holy Spirit drawing us to. Dan's coughing outside the room. <laughs> he sounds like a 78-year-old that has emphysema. <laughs> He's been so sick. Um the body of Christ cannot be built up without the work of the Holy Spirit no. because the Holy Spirit um, is the one who draws us to God. He, the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit is the one that um, teaches us what Jesus said and what the word says. And so none of the building up and none of the becoming a b- body of believers and, and not even becoming a believer can happen without the Holy Spirit. I mean, and by the way, Mona busted on you when yep. you went out. Um, I expect no me. less. <laughs> I, I think she said you sound like a 78-year-old with a You know, he's going to listen to this when he edited, <laughs> so he'll know the truth. <laughs> as, as Bruce said, think about what Jesus said. It is for your benefit that I go away. Yep. I will send the helper. <laughs> he'll teach you all things and bring things to your remembrance. And then, you know, it goes over. That was in John. That was at the end of John 14, going into 15. And then again in 16, he, he'll convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He is what we have living inside of us. Right. Think about it. God walked with man. Then God lived in this tabernacle that could be put up and put down. Hmm. And he was in the fire by night and the... um cloud by day, then he was in a temple, <laughs> then that left, then he came as a man to walk among us, right. and now he's inside of us. Yep. That empowers us, and I love that way he says it right here, and in the comfort. Yes. I just believe, if I'm a believer in Jesus, and I love his word, that n- no matter what parts I I read, even if I disagree, and it's not, it's like, goes against one of my quote-unquote sins that I love. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be in the comfort because the oh, Holy right. Spirit's going, that's what you got to do, bro. Yeah. Right, right. That's what you got to do. Right. Well, and it, I love the way these two are paired because at first it seems kind of kind of contradictory. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That seems to be it. You got the yeah. fear and then you got comfort. But the thing of it is, you go back to uh, Proverbs 1, fear of the Lord is beginning to knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um Pretty good right there. I like that. <laughs> and you, I knew it was there somewhere. I had to reach for it. Um, but the uh, but it's this idea of that fear plays an important role uh, it, it, because it's getting knowledge. It 
it pushes you to be obedient, is what calls you to be obedient, and it makes that fertile ground for the Holy Spirit to work. Yes. And so because you're called to obedience, you're going to respond to the to the Holy Spirit in that obedience. And that's when you see lives change, churches change, all of that is when not just when you say, oh, the Holy Spirit's here because we're all here at church. It's when you come receptive to it before you even step into the church. Right. Yeah. Well, she got over a little, uh, Miss Mona. <laughs> well, and I think as Dan was just making that last statement, that it made me think that um, that the problems come when we are not doing what we need to do outside of Sunday morning when mm-hmm. we come as a church, because if we come just on Sunday morning um, and then leave it here and don't do anything on our own time don't spend any time in the word on our own. Don't spend any time interacting with the Holy spirit, um, seeking the Holy spirit's guidance, seeking the Holy spirit's, um, leading. If we're not doing anything except coming in on Sunday mornings and taking what is, what is being given, then really we're not, we're not growing. We're not living by the word. Oh, you're living on the milk of another. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so there's nothing then that you can give, to help build up the church. Well, and how can you say that that you have a burden for the lost when you're in here? If if Sunday morning is your only time that that you're part of that, and then you go out into the world and don't offer anything that you've right. received here, right? And then you say, "Well, you know, I hope everybody goes to heaven." No, you don't. You're ignoring them all. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. You're just wanting to hang out with people who who, who at least you, have already heard yeah. about Jesus. You, you know? want to hang out with people that are quote unquote good because right. good for the business card, good for the for your business itself or whatever. And we're called to so much more. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of that, third point, <laughs> it motivates the believer. Mm-hmm. This is where it says walking in the fear of the Lord. That word fear there, I know. I think you've read the book. Um, really that word means love. Mm-hmm. When you get the, really the fear of the Lord is a deep abiding love right. of Jesus and God mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit. And that love motivates you to action. Mm-hmm. Love is a verb. Mm-hmm. And when we fear God like that, we love God that we don't want to, number one, disappoint him, two, disobey him, right. or three, disappoint him. Wow, I alliterated that <laughs> off the top of my head. Amazing. Go, go over there one more time. I, <laughs> you don't want to, I don't know what the first one was. This is a something. I, no, I said disappoint, disobey, and dis something. I heard disappoint twice. I heard disappoint, I disobey, disappoint. And I was like, wait a minute. That's the same. <laughs> hey, it's alliterated, buddy. It is, though. It is a great job. And it, I may have that's said That's how bad you don't want to disappoint. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> and that, that may be true. Disappoint, disobey. I don't know. I don't know. But we're going to go with it. Okay. So we, when you walk in that, it, it's really a life of sanctification that it's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that life of sanctification is one of we, it, this ties in closely with the work of the, because you, you're, when you're motivated, the Holy Spirit is comfortable inside of you and working right. inside of you. Right. So these two are very much connected yeah. at the hip. Mm-hmm. But we are called to be sanctified. Right. You are called to grow and look more like the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so your life is not one that says, I'm saved. All right, I'm going to heaven. I'm living like I want to. Yeah, I'm coasting. No, it should be that I live more like Jesus every single day. Right. 
I know people get tired of me saying this, but what would happen if every believer strived to have that in their life? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. That they strive to live a life of sanctification. Well, in that walking, when it's talking about walk, the um, in the Bible, it's talking. It's really talking about your way of life, and so, uh, <laughs> um, and so that that walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the way that's the way you live your life, and yeah, and so it's not. It's it's all of the actions that you take. It's all of the things that you do, and. In, um, everything you do. Right, everything. And so if everything that you do is not encompassed by the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, if everything that you do is not um, doing according to a, becoming more like Christ, then you can't say claim Galatians 2.20. Mm-mm. You can't say that you have been crucified with Christ. Yeah. And it's no longer I who live because truly it is you who live and yeah. not Christ who lives in you. But if you claim Galatians 2.20, then you will indeed be walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anything? I was just saying, you know, going back to that comfort, the, uh, you know, there, there are people who... Just seems supercharged. I mean, you guys, you guys just got back from Brazil, correct? Yeah. Go to Chiba. Um, yes. See. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> but but I mean, I have no doubt. I mean, I I, I worked at um, week long camps and things like that. By like day three, you're probably kind of running on e physically, mentally, sleep wise, all of that. And people say, well, well, why do you do it? Why do you keep going? Because you have a different agenda. It's not, you're yeah. not just drawn from you. You're drawn from that Holy Spirit. And, and you can't muster it up yourself. I see what you did there. <laughs> ah! <laughs> now I'm thinking of corn dogs again. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, but no, it, when, when you see these people, you say, well, they're just better people. No, they're plugged in. Yeah, they're just supercharged you know, by the Holy they Spirit. They have that kingdom agenda that they're working on now. Mm-hmm. Anything else? And then we got it. We only quick. We got just a minute. Let me tell you what it does. (laughs) So then at the very end, it moves the hand of God. Mm -hmm. This is where people don't like. This is where I think people get sort of, and and I laugh, they get sort of squirrely Mm -hmm. when you start talking about moves the hand of God and and it being multiplied. Mm -hmm. Like, because it literally says in this, in it, it says it comes in the Holy Spirit and it multiplies. It multiplies, right? And then people are like, well, I'm just not about numbers. Can I? Can I make an observation here? Huh? Go for it. Yes. There's a book in the Bible labeled Numbers. Yeah, there is. It's true. Don't tell me numbers are not important to the Lord. Because in the words of Jerry Falwell, I don't care what you think about him. Every number involved is a is a soul. Absolutely. So yeah, now am I going to everything about the church? Am I going to base it on our numbers? No. Do I like to know our numbers? Yeah, I want to make sure we're growing. But don't tell me that it's not important that our churches grow. Right. And then people drive me bonkers. Man, well, if it gets so big, I'm going somewhere else. Well, dear one, you're in disobedience if the Lord didn't tell you to go. So you go somewhere else, and you're going to fall on your face. I just don't understand it. So, so, I mean, what are we saying? Let's not grow our church so we can be us four and no more. We can be so comfortable and just let the rest of the world go to hell. Right? Fire me. Because, right. I mean, because what you're... That's what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Because when we are in a church and when that church grows, 
it then it's not what you're comfortable with. It's no. not anymore. I don't read ever any place right. that says God says I want you comfortable, comfortable, right? Comfortable and happy. Or, or for God so loved the world that He sends only Son, so that a few people could get saved. But let's not get crazy. <laughs> yeah, here, right. you know? I think it's First yeah. Timothy two. God desires all men. Yeah. Right. So women, y'all are out. <laughs> This took a turn. Oh, <laughs> I mean, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, Some people yeah. say, but the word "all men" yeah, it means yeah. mankind, right, right there. If I read "all man," yeah. then it means all men. Yep. Everybody should have a chance at the gospel. Right. Well, they can go somewhere else. Why? 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 Why are you not chomping at the bit to be able to be involved? You know in why? That? Yeah. Because either number one, they're a backslidden yeah. carnal Christian, if there's such a thing, yeah. or number two. They not a Christian at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I read my Bible, the Great Commission still in there. The problem is we've made it the Great Calling. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's for you guys that have the evangelist mm-hmm. spiritual gift, or that's for you preachers, not for me. Liar. <laughs> there is not a modifier yeah. in front of that. Nope. Go. And so I, I don't, I don't, carnality does not bother me at all. It doesn't run me off. If you're not willing to go win somebody to Jesus, you're a hypocrite. Yep. Period. Y'all done got me fired up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hope everybody listened because to the I'm end. Because I'm so tired story. of people yeah. that don't, that they sit back because what you're doing when you're not willing to share your faith you're not willing to invite somebody. Right. You're not willing to do anything for the kingdom. You're screaming, I don't care if you go to hell. My comfort is more important than your eternity. Yeah. Way to go, Dan. I know. Man. Just, Leave it to me to okay, make the loudest Mona, noise. You're the reader of this group. Huh? <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> go to Ephesians chapter 4. I want you to hear these words. But in the back of your mind, listen to what we just read. Okay. I want you to read uh, one through six. Do it quick because we're running out of time. Okay. Um, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to— Hold on one second. Like most of Paul—because I think this is more— Most of Paul's letters are like this. The first half of the book will be doctrine. Right. The second half is duty. Mm. So in Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. The first part of chapter three is all doctrine. Mm -hmm. Then you find a prayer um, at verse 14. I think that's Mm -hmm. about where it starts through the end of the chapter. And then he gets here and he tells us how we should be walking. I just wanted to clarify that. Okay. I, therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. Read it one more time. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. Say it louder for the ones in the back. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. How many? One body. How many? One body. Okay. And one spirit. How many? One spirit. Okay. One more time. Just one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope. How many? One hope. Okay. That belongs to your call. One Lord. How many? One Lord. How many? One. One more time. <laughs> one. <laughs> one faith. How many? One. Okay. One baptism. How many? One. Okay. One God and Father of all. How many? One. How many? One. Not two? Nope. Just one. Okay. Who is over all and through all and in all. 
Now, I know you you out there listening, you probably like Dan, think I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, I was just thinking you just told her to read it fast. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I knew I was going to insert those things. Uh-huh. It's all about the unity. Yeah. I can get along with anybody, and I think you guys, I can get along with anybody. I, I don't care if you're Methodist. I don't right. care. I don't care if you're Presbyterian. I don't care if you're Lutheran. I don't care if you're Episcopalian. I don't care if you're Charismatic or Pentecostal. I don't care. If you are right with the gospel and with the Bible, right. we good. Right. All those secondary things, I look, you worship, man, as long as you're worshiping yeah. the one true God. Mm-hmm. Man, yep, go. Mm-hmm. But our problem is we're not unified. Right. The church in general, is not. Mm -hmm. We're floundering. We poke holes at each other. And all we ever get upset about is secondary issues. Yes, right. Mm. That's right. We want the church to start just boom. Let there be a refocus Mm -hmm. on getting the word right. Mm -hmm. Word that stood out that Mona read. Was one? (laughs) <laughs> was no eager. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can't say we're eager to be unified. We're eager no. to keep the peace. We're eager to be to be one with each other. I mean, on the few times that happens, it's like we stumble into it. We're like, oh, that was nice. Yeah. And then we pick back up, backbiting yeah. and everything else. But right, exactly what you said. Well, if we were eager to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. eager. Anyway, so we need to strive for unity. Inside our own building... Mm-hmm. That is not the church. The church is the people. Mm-hmm. I'm that guy. But inside our own building, yeah, there ought to be unity, but then there ought to be unity spread across. Yeah. We're, we're going to the same heaven. Yeah. We're not going to different heavens. Period. Yep. There's not one for the, the white church or the black church or the eastern church or this church. There's not one for the Baptist and one for the Methodist. And one for, right. There's the church of the living God. Yes, right. Period. All right. Let me pray. Okay. God, we love you. God, we're thankful that you tell us that if we be unified, it would move you. Move your Holy Spirit. Move your work. Move your hand. And move the church itself. God, I pray that we would be across denominational lines, across racial lines, across socioeconomic lines. God, we would just be the church of the living God and nothing more. Help us, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm Hank Meadows, pastor of Marion Baptist Church. I got my home slice, Miss Mona. Hey, hey. Boom, boom, boom. I got my main man, Bean, of the board over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the day, he is corn dog again. <laughs> he mentioned it. All right, guys. Bye, y'all.